What is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Sturgis Bike Week has come and gone, and those lucky enough to attend the races during the rally last week witnessed some epic racing, not just at the professional level, but amateur and hooligan series as well. For the sake of time, we'll just recap the events I was able to attend, Buffalo Chip TT and the Black Hills Half Mile. Another roller coaster event for the second running of the Buffalo Chip TT. The track remained pretty much unchanged from the inaugural event in 2017. The riders we expected to run well did, until Mother Nature threw a nasty curveball, soaking the track and causing a decent delay prior to the semis. After the rain, the track was much slicker than it appeared. These conditions, along with some aggressive riding, made for some of the best racing we've seen at the chip across both classes. In the singles class, Ryan Sipes, who ran up front most of the day, dominated the main event, pulling away from the rest of the pack. He had a unique approach to the jump, which led to faster laps in his very first flat track victory. Jacob Lehman and Cole Fredrickson, two riders we don't usually see on a regular basis, finished second and third respectively, with Cole scoring his first AFT podium. Dan Bromley was the first full-timer to cross the line in the main event, just edging out Jesse Janish, who suffered a pretty nasty ankle injury during qualifying. The Twins class was no different. It was wild and crazy at the start with several riders hitting the ground. Briar Bauman went down while leading and collected Jared Vandekoy, who was running second, and just a few moments later, Henry Wiles got into the back of Sammy Halbert and also went down. Meese took the lead early, and you could hear the eyes rolling from the fans who have seen this play out a few times during the 2018 season. That was until Jake Johnson made a charge from a rough start, not only to catch Meese, but to eventually pass him on lap 10. Jake definitely had the fastest motorcycle and was able to extend his lead once he made his way to the front, winning his first event since Daytona 2016 and the first Twins win for Estenson Racing. Some other notable mentions are Sammy Halbert picking up his first career podium as a factory Harley-Davidson rider, Hayden Gillum finished just off the box in his first Twins main event, and Bronson Bauman finishes fifth after getting the nod to race the factory Indian, earning him the opportunity to ride with the team again in Black Hills. Then the circus packed up and made the 33-mile trek to Black Hills Half Mile in Rapid City. The groove wasn't as wide as years past, but the racing was just as fast. In the singles class, there were some new names atop the leaderboard. Maxwell turned the fastest qualifying laps early on, along with an injured Jesse Janish and his fellow Wisconsin rider Alec Muth. Muth's night ended abruptly during an unavoidable crash in his semi. Our thoughts are with him and his family as he is still recovering in South Dakota. In the main event, Wells grabbed the whole shot and led the first eight laps, but it was Shayna Texter with the move of the race, passing Wells on lap eight, who would go on to win her second half-mile event of the season. Bromley edges out Corey Texter, who was fast all day and ran third the majority of the race for the last spot on the podium. In the Twins class, the California kid, Chad Coase, who was the fast qualifier and also won his heat race, looked to be the man to beat early on. Brake issues eventually would cut into Coase's ability to turn fast laps, while other riders were finding speed in their semis. Fisher and Meese won their respective semi-events, with Fisher's fast lap clocking in at 21.809, the fastest lap of the day. In the main event, Jeffrey Carver got the whole shot and pulled away from the pack along with Jared Meese. It looked like Carver had found something after his semi and could possibly be the second rider in less than a week to take a win away from Jared Meese. The two battled the entire main event, exchanging the lead multiple times throughout the 25 laps. The two at times even looked to be trying each other's racing lines in an effort to gain an edge. Carver made a push coming out of turn four on the last lap, but came up just a little bit short. 0.03 seconds to be exact. Your top three finishers from Black Hills were Meese, Carver, and Brian Smith. Great to see Brian back on the bike, 
and snagging podiums again for the first time since Oklahoma City Mile. I'm off this weekend, but there are a few races going on tomorrow night. The Ohio Valley Classic is under the lights for the first time since 1966, and the Astro Cup Championship is taking place at Mid-America Speedway as well. This week's guest is Nick Daniels. If you're in the flat track circle, you definitely know who he is. I met him when we both started racing flat track over 20 years ago, and we've been good friends ever since. These days, he spends most of his time as a mechanic for the winner of the 2018 Nicky Hayden AMA Flat Track Horizon Award, his son, Dallas. Let's get to know Nick Daniels. Hello? Hello, is this 43G? It, it's former 43G and former national number 43. Is this former national number 91 and 32P and 13P Nick Daniels on the phone? It is. What's up, Scotty? Not much, man. It's good to talk to you. I hadn't seen you for like, what, two days since we were, uh, two or three days since we we're at the uh, Black Hill Speedway. You doing all right? Make it home okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got home uh, yesterday. Everything's good. Yeah, it was a good time out there. Uh, I love Sturgis, that event. Yeah, Sturgis Bike Week is awesome. I know everything happens really fast. Uh, did you get to go downtown or do anything fun, or was it all business and all racetrack stuff? It wasn't all business. Uh, I got to hang out with the, with the guys a little bit, but no, I wasn't downtown. Pretty much just at the races and just relaxed the one day. So, no, I, I didn't see downtown, but got to see the events, and that's a cool thing. Terry Reimer really puts on a cool event there at Black Hills and I mean the Buffalo chip, it, it speaks for itself. I can't wait to go back there next year. Yeah. The Buffalo chip was awesome. I mean, the fans are just inches away from the racetrack and you know, we had the rain delay. Uh, people went and roamed around a little bit, but then they came right back. And you know, when we started racing, it was six races nonstop. I don't know how you guys as mechanics had time to do anything to those motorcycles. Cause once we started going again, it was bam, bam, bam in your face. Boy, that's no kidding. We actually were a little late rolling up for it because we didn't even hear first or second call. So, yeah, yeah well, but it was quick. It was cool. Right on. Let's get to know Nick Daniels. I mean, I, I've known you. We've we've talked before we got on this call, and I think I've known you since uh, we started racing pro motorcycles together, and that had to have been, what, probably 25 years ago. So um, where, where were you born at first? We'll start. Where were you born? I was born in a little town, Alton, Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. Hey, I've heard that before. Isn't that where Jeffrey Carver's from? Yep, yep. Jeffrey's right there. That's where Carver's Barbecue is. I grew up in Basalto, but the hospital's in Alton. Okay. Just real close. What, what's it like growing up around there? Oh, it's good. I mean, Midwest is a hotbed for flat track racing, so that's good. But, uh, you know, that's home. It, being close to St. Louis is good. Now I live further away. I'm like two hours away, so... Being close to a big town's nice. I got to drive like 45 minutes just to get a decent pair of tennis shoes these days. Where before you're <laughs> right over in St. Louis. I got you. So, so you guys, are you guys are in Mattoon. Is that is that how you say it? Mattoon, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Mattoon, Illinois. Yeah. Okay. I, close to you know what? Yeah, we'll get TT track if you ever been there. Yep, I've been there. So whenever Dallas, you know, I started announcing Dallas, I could not ever say that hometown right. You guys kept coming back and telling me, but it's Mattoon, <laughs> Illinois. So that's, that was a tough one yeah. for me. So when did you first start riding motorcycles? I first started riding at the age of three, I guess. You know, my dad had me a little Indian. It was actually waiting at the house when I uh, was born. So three riding that, and then a JR50, and then just progressed from there. Okay, so when did you first start racing? I know, I know, we didn't turn pro until you were like about eighteen, about the same time I did. Yeah, we actually met 
uh, when I was amateur racing and you were amateur racing, we met, but my first race was just a little hair scrambles. My parents said I had to wait till I was two digits. So I had to be 10. So I actually hair scrambled up till I was about 18, 17, 18. I grew up, uh, racing TTs at Belleville Enduro team, like BET, where a lot of, a lot of the guys from our area, like Jeffrey, Timmy Mertens, Danny Kirkland, Jeff Govermeyer, some, some pretty fast guys grew up. You could go there and, uh, ride a motocross bike with knobbies and kind of get a taste of dirt track and cut my teeth, I guess. So what was it about dirt track that kind of sucked you in? Um, to be honest, I'd always watched it as a kid, you know, always grew up watching on any Sunday, but, uh, leaning it over, you know, those guys just throwing it on the cases and sideways speed up and, uh, the closeness and everything, just the heads up racing, you know, and hair scramble, y'all kind of took off and then everybody was, stretched out but when i go to the dirt tracks and watch them and really just the leaning over and sliding through the corners and in the draft and on the miles just a real tight heads up racing is really what made me fall in love with it i guess i got you so when was your first flat track race then do you remember that yes it was uh rushville illinois half mile it was like early july 1993 1993 you remember it exactly so did you did you get a trophy that day no, no, dead last. <laughs> At least you remember it, though. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Oh, so. yeah. But yeah. from that moment on, were you hooked? Did you did you pursue it 100% yeah. after that? Yeah, it's actually been 100% since. And even then, it was like, that was in July. So we went to Rushville, hit a few others. And then we were at Champaign, which just ran. So we're like in this part of the season. And it wasn't about four races in. I'd met Brian Thomas, Riesel Hart, and, uh, oh, Chaz Roberts. And those guys Flat. were kind of like, yeah, they were kind of, you know, towards the, not Riesel, but like Chad, he was like mid thirties and riding his old star racer. And so I got in with those guys and, uh, we were just hit all the races at the end of that year. And I mean, I, after that, like first time leaving the house really by myself and traveling, I was definitely hooked after that. Right on. So your dad used to race and I know your dad actually raced a little bit against my, my grandpa. Did he race? before flat track before you did or was that after you got into it no my dad had always raced he had actually he was a novice and then a junior um his parents wouldn't let him get a bike so he actually saved his money got a 165 uh harley and taught himself how to slide it around a baseball diamond i guess and then started racing he actually progressed uh up through junior and wasn't half bad from what i hear but uh and then him and my mom had actually sponsored a rider in the 70s, a guy named Charlie Barmaster. I don't know if anybody heard of him, but he was a pretty decent rider, I think, as well. But my mom had seen kind of the violent side of it, and uh, she didn't want me to have no part of it. So that's why I was kind of forced to stay in the woods until I actually got hurt out in the woods. And it took him a while to drag me out of there. And uh, then mom thought, well, at least if we were to get hurt on a dirt track, we can see him. So let's give it a try. I yeah, guess that's finally. Yeah, that's all that stuff. You know, sounds familiar. I know. Um, you know, right. people have different different routes and different ways to get in flat track, but I love the story. So you mentioned Riesel Hart, and and you got you got to meet Riesel and James Hart, and it seems like the Daniels family was tied in really tight with the Hart family for quite a while. And I remember growing up, the Hart family was tied into the uh, the Hayden family. You know, Nikki, Tommy, and Roger Lee, and and everything so are you tight with all those all those riders and and you know people in both those families 
Yeah. So that year, you know, when I started, which, you know, I was 18 years old and met up with Reese. So he was kind of just, we were traveling together and he was kind of helping me. He was just, it just was natural for him to help me. He would always just tell me what to do, whatever. Well, later that year we met the Haydens and Reese was obviously had already helped them at a very young age. Tommy was a little older, but Nick was young and Roger was young. So we actually stayed with them some and, uh, that year and rode at the house later that year there was a race down by them and we just instantly all got tight and then so it was like you know moving forward the next summer when those guys needed a lift or you know there was three of them so they're always going different places and uh yeah so from then on man i had one of them with me it seemed like all the time during the summer pretty close to it at the end of the year after that you know from years moving forward they one of them or two of them would come stay with me during the summer for a week. And I was lucky enough to work for Nikki as he got older. And then Tommy, when he moved to the pro ranks and the two other boys were still amateurs, we worked for Tommy at the pro race and then took the other boys to the amateur race. And then the two older boys, Nick and Tom were pro racing and Raj was kind of left amateur racing. So we were hauling him around and yeah, my connection through the hearts brought me close to the Haydens and then, I'm glad to say that the whole family's dear friends of mine and we stay very close. And I've been talking to Earl. I talk to him almost every day. He's been helping for quite a while with Dallas's career, just helping kind of mentor me on the dad side of things and, and using his, uh, his knowledge to help further Dallas's career. So yeah, I'm, I'm real proud to say that they're dear friends of the family. And that is awesome. I, I love that. So uh, when did Fat Boy Racing develop? Because I know whenever I'd show up at a racetrack, I'd always see a big white box yeah. man with a big old Fat Boy sticker on it. And then that was on your leathers and Riesel's leathers. And and so when did when did that, you know, when did you guys go under the umbrella of Fat Boy Racing? Well, like I said, Riesel was always kind of helping me and his dad, Marlon. And uh, before we actually started sponsoring Riesel, we were still traveling together. And like I said, he just always helped me and was kind of teaching me how to race. I didn't realize at the time. So Marlon was always like, we got to get this boy some, the fat boy set up. You know, he needs fat boy springs and we got to get him a fat boy <laughs> motor. He can't just have a, a slow motor. And, and my mom kind of took offense to that. She's like, wait a minute. Well, you know, watch him out. He goes, Hey honey, you know, before she really knew him, he goes, calm down, Missy. I got me a fat boy too. You know, and he pointed over to Riesel cause Riesel was a little heavier too, you know, not quite as big as Marlon made him out to be. So we got some fat boy stickers, you know, and just to kind of, you know, he was making fun of us, but we just went with it. And so just the buddies in our group had the fat boy sticker on their tank. And so the next year, and we decided to do a team with Riesel and help him out because we believed in his talent and he was definitely helping me. You know, I wasn't definitely nothing special and he was helping get, get me going. Then we decided to just call it fat boy racing. So it's fat boy heart racing. And, and then we, it began right there. I guess I was 95. We first came out with our real team, you know. That's awesome. So, yeah, I, uh, I think Marlon giving us crap, you know. I think I think <laughs> I if still anybody have a fat... knew Marlon, he didn't he didn't hold back, you know. Right. Oh yeah. I think I still have a Fat Boy Racing sticker around here somewhere, and and I know uh, I know that I still see it on some sponsor you know sheets that I see a lot of different you know lineups for different events, and I still see Fat Boy Racing listed as a sponsor. So it's been around for a long time, and I love it. It's good to hear the backstory on that. So uh, how far did you go in racing? I know we both were, were pro sports and basic experts and then grand national experts, and, and you had a national number. Um, 
So when was the last year you raced at the professional level? I would say the last year I really competed at the professional level was in 07 there. Uh, and I was only doing the singles aspect of it. I only got to ride a Harley for a few years, but I would say 07. Definitely 08, my son kind of started racing. So I took a, you know, I kind of just started throttling back. I did do Peoria TT you know, in Springfield short track and that a few years and in 11 and 12, but I haven't done anything professional since then. So a few sporadic ones in 11, 12, but I was going steady from 95 to pretty much 07, but just without a Harley most of that time. So were you always planning on being a mechanic when you stopped racing? Um, no, definitely not. Um, I probably just, didn't really know plans. No, uh, no, that definitely wasn't the idea. I figured I'd just work a regular job, which I had been doing the whole time and just figured I'd do that more, you know? Okay. I I never thought I would, I would still mechanic for guys, but I would always have a regular job. I never thought I would be able to quit a regular job and do racing full time. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. You know, the things that we get to do, I, I, you know, I never thought I'd announce motorcycle races and still get to go to the motorcycle races and have fun with all my friends and stuff, but still stuck in the flat track family. And I love it. So you talked about having Dallas and we're gonna try to talk to him a little bit later on. I know he's got a busy schedule too, but we're gonna try to get him on as soon as we can. But, uh, when did he start racing? Um, his first race was in 08 and it was Springfield short track. Okay. He was actually, I was in no hurry to get my boy racing because heck I was still racing, you know, and I was <laughs> racing supermoto with uh, a guy named Stormy Chisler. And, and we always went up to Springfield. They got a little go-kart track and we were up there testing. And da- by this time, Dallas had took his training wheels off and he was riding his PW. So when we would get done supermoto testing, it was about dusk, we'd let him out there and ride. And for some reason, Stormy goes, uh, which he was an old tech inspector, man, great guy. He goes, Dallas, go out there and, and go as fast as you can. And he's like, like I'm <laughs> racing? And Stormy said, yeah, like you're racing. So he takes off, and, you know, it had a little infield section that goes down a long back straightaway into a short track turn. And I just, ne- I was working on my bike, putting some stuff away or getting undressed, and I heard that PW, when you're a father, as you know, you nothing, their sound never leaves your ear. And I never heard that PW shut off you know and i looked up and he's past that short track turn i was like oh shit so i started watching him <laughs> but he goes down that back straight away that next time and he peels it off in there and he's dragging the pace sparks are flying you know <laughs> i'm smart enough to know that he's a three-year-old kid he doesn't know what he's doing he's gonna run wide and get in the fence so i'm i'm sprinting out there to stop him you know because i can see him this next time heading down the front or down that straightaway he's a little inside so he goes and Man, I was afraid he's going to hit the fence. He leaned it over even more and drugged the pegs. And Stormy was laughing, and I got him stopped. And I was like, "How was that, buddy?" He's like, "Oh, it's good." And I'm like, "Man, that <laughs> did look pretty good." I'm like, "You want to go race?" And he's like, "Yeah." So we took him to Springfield Short Track. <laughs> that was his first race. Man, that is awesome. I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, you, you're you're right. You know, there's distinct sounds that you you listen for i mean yeah you might have been 100 focused on working on your bike but you heard that bike going wide open not right. straight away. <laughs> yeah that'll wake you up in a hurry oh yeah yeah so we went to springfield um i think he got third i think we did four races and he won one at brownstown uh illinois and then we've been we've been off to the races ever since i guess 
Yeah, that's so cool. So uh, what do you do when you're not at the track, you know, working on bikes or helping Dallas at, at home? I mean, what, what do you do? Do you have any off time at all? Or are you, you 100% motorcycles? It is almost 100% motorcycles, but I definitely try to split the time up and, and do other stuff with the family. And uh, actually, uh, poker is, a, you know, is definitely another more than a passion. It's kind of some side work for me. So uh, I get down to the casino and play, you know, at least once a week in one of the bigger games and then once in the home game. So it kind of like turned into a little side job since about 2010. You know, I've been more serious about it. Are we going to see you on TV on the, you know, on the. That is like, that is kind of my, uh, my, no, I wouldn't say dream, but yeah, I would, I'd like to be there at some point, but it's always in the high point of the season and stuff. So it'd have to be something down the road or, or through the winter because, uh, definitely my main dream is took, took front seat, you know, we're able to do it full time now. So. Man, the World Series of Poker featuring Nick Daniel. Hey, do, do you wear do you wear sunglasses when you're playing poker, like all those other guys? No, no, I just sit there like normal. You got unless I'm wanting to not pay attention, then I'll put glasses on. <laughs> I'm always, yeah. of course, I got a poker face. You know, I'm always full of shit. So. Oh yeah, exactly. So I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, so what was what was your highlight of your racing career? What 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 sticks out the most to you? Uh, 2006 Springfield TT. I, uh, both 2006, 2007, only two nationals I ever made. And it was both at Springfield TT and I direct transferred both times and both times I put old Jared Meese to the semi. So those are, and in 06, I was got a good, you know, they had a little pile up and some of the guys were in the back. I think that was the year, maybe Henry took out Jake and, you know, they piled up down in turn one. So on the restart, I was fortunate enough to get a good start and slip into third. And I ran third until, until slick ran into the hot dog stand. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I got rattled and it, it dropped, those guys dropped me back to eighth. but that really was, was the highlight of my career and let me know I could be on that level. And I just learned a lot about myself training my, the mental aspect and, I know maybe I didn't do it for a full year, but I realized that I could do it. And it, it just changed, you know, it just changed me as a person. And, uh, yeah, it was a great day. It was a great yeah, day for I, my family. That's cool. I remember that day. Well, uh, so yeah, you, you were know, announcing it. You and Ronnie yeah. Jones. It was pretty cool. Yeah, we were on, that was back when live I sports was around. We did it live on the internet to, uh, you know, before fans TV was born. So it was pretty cool. I think they were a little ahead of their times and actually got to see Doug Stewart this last weekend at, at rapid city. Did you see him at all? The guy that started live I sports? I did. I seen him walking around. I, you know, it's funny. I thought that was him, but I didn't talk to him. I just seen him out of the corner of my eye. I thought it was him and didn't think twice after it till you said something. So that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good to see him at the track. So, uh, what is an off season for Nick Daniels? Like, I mean, what, what do you do when, when, when you're not racing you say play, play poker, but are you focusing on getting the, you know, the, the team ready for the next year? I mean, I know Dallas, it takes, you know, a lot of your attention, um, are yep. you on sponsorship deals. I know we're going to get into that a little bit later on, but you know, in the off season, you got to be working on motorcycles hundred percent of the time. Right. For sure. Each off season has been different, you know, like last year working for Richie Morris, we we're obviously building the uh, bikes for Shana and Jared. And so we were super busy, but always 
like basically it's get Dallas, figure out what Dallas is going to be doing, get all that stuff ready, get stuff around the house, you know, fixed up. Like I'm looking at a big hole in the drywall right now where the, where the pipes busted when we were in Daytona. So get all that stuff fixed, replenish the funds. You know, I buy and sell a lot of this stuff. Um, I have a lot of pit bikes and just stuff you accumulate, try to, you know, get the money back up and, and get ready for the coming season. So yeah, a lot of hours in the shop. And then, you know, we try to go down to Florida and train with Johnny Lewis as much as we can. So we'll actually get down there probably four or five times, you know, different weekends, take, take advantage of long weekends with holidays and stuff and, and let Dallas get some riding in. And, and then the family's able to go vacation a little as well while we're there. And, and you also have a daughter and she's right now the team manager for Dallas. Um, does she go to a yeah. lot of the races? I know she's into some other things right now too. Is she is she doing gymnastics or something like that now? Uh, she's on the dance team now with the with the junior high. So like the girls that come out at halftime and do the dancing, and then they do a lot of competitions. So unfortunately, um, it definitely has cut down because she trains so hard for that. And I mean, that's why she's our team manager. Her work ethic is just unreal. So fun for her is working. So she's just always busy. So a lot of the times they do have to stay back. But yeah, she's at a she's at a lot of them, and she, and she supports Dallas 100%. Their relationship is is so cool. They when we're telling them to stop and leave us alone, it's because they're just annoying us because they're they have so much fun together. It's crazy. They have a they have a unique deal. But yeah, she keeps us she keeps us all in line, and she helps keep the things going. She is is the team manager, man. She's the character. That's awesome. She does the, the the press releases and she takes care of all his results and takes care of a lot of his social media stuff. Man, I just I found that amazing whenever uh, I started talking to her last year. I think is when she was telling me about it and and you guys were telling me about it. Um, let's lead up into the off season for 2018. So, did you know what you had plans when we got started with the 2018 season? Or you know, I, I know you were helping out Richie Morris a little bit this season at the start of the year. So, what happened in, in you know leading up to 2018? Um, going in 2018, uh, Richie had to scale back his effort a little, so he's only able to hire James, which I worked with, you know, James Hardy last year. So uh, I did help those guys a little in the winter get ready, but mostly just got Dallas's program ready and uh, built some bikes for some guys. You know, I helped help out some some local amateurs and uh, get their stuff ready. Uh, built some new KXs and uh, just stuff like that. You know, just try to stay busy, but not go get a real job busy so right (laughs) (laughs) so like you said you're working with richie morris racing um ryan wells davis fisher are the riders right now so um what's been the good thing about working with them this year in 2018 well having rex and davis there was has been pretty cool because rex was part of the heart racing gang back in the day so seeing him and being with his son is pretty cool davis is an exceptional young man and I really like being around him. So it's cool back being under the pitch. It felt like old times. And uh, it was fun working with another new rider with Ryan Wells. I'd never worked with him before. So it was fun. I, I wish they could have had me on more, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, it was, a, it was some struggles with Ryan at first. And I wish I could have been there to just help more with the bike and with him mentally. But uh, he's a good kid. I really like him. But they have a great team this year. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, 
Wells was looking really good at Rapid City, and Davis was really impressive until he, he uh, kind of went over backwards there across the start-finish line. Did you happen to see that? I did, um, and I felt really bad for him. You know, I, a lot of guys, you know, with Internet these days, things are blowing up. But, uh, you know, and I, I didn't talk to him a- afterwards like, hey, did you mean to do that or anything? I just kind of rubbed his shoulders and like, hey, dude, shake it off. You know, you can still go win this thing. Stuff happens. We've all flipped one over before, but those – you know, it looks like it's slow on TV, but that stuff happens so quick, and we know he didn't mean to do it. It's just a just a weird deal, you know. Well, yeah, I think I think the unfortunate thing was, you know, he was so excited and he earned that win, so he was celebrating, and then it that thing just went over backwards in a hurry. Got a lot of, you know, he was hooked up it for did. sure. But you know, I, what I wonder now, Nick, is if that wouldn't have happened, would he have had the speed to run up front with Jared and Jeffrey? I mean, because he was going good that night until that happened. Yeah, I've got to think that rattled him a little, but uh, but yeah, you know, just <laughs> I told Dallas when this stuff happens is, I mean, it's real easy. Just don't do any wheelies, you know. I mean, <laughs> he's starting to do them now when he's got them with the checkered flag, and it's wheelie Wednesday, and, and it's cool. But I, you know, eventually you're gonna flip that thing over. I don't care how good you are. Brad does the best wheelies. Brad Baker's one of the best wheelers I've ever seen, and I watched him flip over that nice Harley of. Uh, Dave Atherton's yeah. right in front of us all at Sacramento, and it's happened to Scotty. It's it's happened to everybody. So the first time it happened to me, I quit doing wheelies. You know. Yep, exactly. Especially, especially if you got to keep racing it the rest, of the, you know, the rest of the night. So that was very unfortunate because I think he had the speed to run up front. But uh, yeah. so I saw you and up he still there. Did at, good. Yeah, absolutely. He's looking yeah, for his first absolutely. podium. I know it's coming, but uh, yeah, yeah, yep, it is things, for sure. That was a bummer. Things, yeah, things happen. You learn from your mistakes. So I saw you up there at Rapid City, and you had Estenson Racing shirt on. And just recently, earlier in the week, there was a big announcement coming out that Estenson has picked up Dallas Daniels to ride part of the season next year. So to explain part of the season, Dallas doesn't turn 16 until about halfway through the year. Is that is that the main reason for that? Yeah, he's, but he, we're actually going to get um, started in January, so... But, yeah, Tim actually thought that was pretty cool that Dallas is only doing half a season. Then he has no pressure to really try to win a championship, which is awesome. And he can just go be himself, you know, try to get acclimated to the pro ranks and, you know, see what he can do. Because we all know when we turn pro, no matter how good you are, I mean, it's pro. So you got to get used to it. Even if you have the speed, just it's a different deal. Everybody picks up their game when, when it's called the, you know, when it's the big show. So kind of just let him get in there, let him get acclimated. And then that next year, we'll really have an idea where we're at and see what we can do. Yeah. It, it so is he's definitely committed big... to us. Up... Go ahead. Yeah, he's committed to us up through 2020. That is amazing to have, you know, to know that, to know that you have a secured ride, um, but like you said, Nick, it is, it's a big transition to go from amateur to the pro ranks. And, and, you know, honestly, the FT singles, there's a group of about 12 riders that can win every main event. And, you know, there's some really, really tight racing. Yes. It's nothing like, you know, your first pro step is it's the, you're right in the real deal. There's seasoned veterans in there with factory equipment. I mean, that's no joke that those guys have some factory motors. So like when we turned novice, we didn't even go to our pro-am, you know, we didn't go to nationals, we went to like Steve Nace races and got our points, which I'm, I'm sure you'll see something implicated like that in the future, I would think. But anyways, yeah. So when you step on there, you're, you're writing a full grand national, you know? Yep. Exactly. So pretty cool. I, 
I think he'll hold his own. I, I can't wait to see him make that move up there. And uh, one thing I, that sticks out to me with Dallas is, you know, he, he's he's a really sharp kid. He's really focused at the racetrack. But I asked him last year, I said, hey, man, I said, what's your goals in flat track? And he said, he said, Scotty, he goes, I'm going to beat every one of Scott Parker's records. And I just, I was, I was shocked because of, for one, how young he was, but two, for how confident and, and that is the highest goal that you can have, I think, in flat track. Yeah, yeah, it for sure is. Um, and I know that's that's something crazy, and that shocks a lot of people, and, and I get that. But uh, it shocked a lot of people when I watched Nikki Hayden, and I, I witnessed it for him. to When people said, what's your goal? His goal was to be a world champion, you know. Yep, and he, and he know, did it. I'm sorry, our goal is not to go, you know, just set the final. want to win the race, and, and if we don't do that, then, you know, we'll build from there. But there's there's nothing wrong with shooting for the stars, you know. Guess what? If you don't think you'll ever be Grand National Champion, chances are you're not just going to luck into it, you know. And that's something I learned when I made my National No Six. You know, you actually had to believe it. Yeah. You know, and I realized some things I was doing leading up to that that um, that made that happen. And, and, you know, that's what he believes. And you need to say it, believe it, and, you know, and now live it. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, I, you know, a lot of the game, a lot of the racing is mental. And if he mentally knows that's what he wants to do, then he's got something to shoot for. And, and the way he rides, I, I definitely think he can get up there and, and, you know, be the best of the best with, you know, with these guys and, and girls. And, uh, I think he's got the talent for sure. So you were wearing the essence of racing shirt, uh, already at rapid city. Um, are you hired on board now? Are you, are you part of that team already as a mechanic? Tim just actually wanted me to go and just see how the team works. And if I could lend a hand at all with, you know, the singles, since we will be riding them, just, you know, if I can see something, maybe help Andrew some Andrew and Andrew Butler and Colby are doing a great job together. So I was just there and just, just to help and lend a hand and really just see how the team's working, you know? So I am going to be at the rest of the races and, and Dallas will probably be at most of them with me. And, and just to do that, just to see how it's going. And, and if we are able to lend a hand, you know, we will. I, I think it's good that Dallas gets to go. And, you know, he's in, he's been in the pits a lot, but at a Grand National and, and getting the feel of it, that way when he turns pro, it's not everything's all brand new. So it's pretty cool that he gets to be there and be behind the scenes and, and get to learn, you know, kind of hands-on before he actually gets on the bike. So are there are there any races in particular at the end of the year that you guys are looking forward to, whether it's you as a mechanic or Dallas as a racer? Um, I'm looking forward to going with the team the rest of the races as a mechanic. And then us, you know, of course, Springfield Short Track, that's turned into a big amateur race because it's on TV. It's part of the pro deal. So that's pretty cool. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be there. Um, the last three Moto America races, um, Dallas will be riding the quarterly on-track development bike with Dale Quarterly and Bob Robbins. That's been a great opportunity for him to help showcase his talent and get his face out in front of these people to, to get a ride like this, you know? So those three races, and then, then we'll probably try to wrap it up somewhat early. Um, well, the GNF in, uh, Barber in October, that'll probably be our last one. Dallas is going for the horizon award and road race as well, you know, like JD and Hayden Gillum and stuff. And, and Nick, he, he's trying to be the first rider to win the horizon award and dirt track and road race. So he's got the one part down. So, we're gonna yeah, got, we're gonna shoot pretty hard for that. 
I think, you know, getting that flat track, you know, the Nikki Hayden AMA flat track horizon award was pretty cool. Uh, very special, you know, after Nikki passed Dallas, switches number from your old number, which was Riesel's old number to run Nikki's number to honor him. So I think that's great. And I, you know, congratulations on getting that horizon award, you know, for you and for Dallas. I know it was a special moment for you and your family. Yes, it was, it was pretty amazing. And to do it for the Hayden family and for Nick, you know, Dallas, definitely dedicated it to Nick and to run his number out the rest of our amateur career. Yeah, it was, it was really special. Uh, he's obviously Dallas's main hero and a great friend of the family. And so, yeah, it was an honor to win it in his name. So how many more road races are left for him to, to win that, uh, the road racing horizon award? How many, how many races does he have left? Well, they do kind of like the dirt track does. So we'll do, um, the GNF at, um, at Barber and it's just based on that week, you know, kind of how the amateur dirt track is. Okay. So that right. three Moto America races is he's actually in the Moto America national series. They just allow the junior cup riders at 14 to enter that. So those are actually three big nationals, you know? So Nick, how do you have, how do you have time to do all this? I mean, what you're telling me is so, so many races and they're all over the place and man, my, my hat's off to you to make, making to all these races. Yes, I've I've really geared up for this last year and you know, Richie didn't have couldn't bring me on full time, so it worked out great and I turned actually down some other jobs to just be with Dallas this last year and and really see it through. Like amateur racing, you know, it's it's not a big deal. None of it really means much until you turn pro, but it's all we have really right now. So, you know, that's our main focus. So we wanted to finish strong. It was really his goal up to this this point to win those two Horizon Awards. So I did everything I could to make make him my priority this year. Absolutely. That's good. What what's his number on the on the road race track right now? Is he running the sixty nine there too? Yes, he's uh sixty nine in the junior cup. Okay, cool. When when's when's his next road race? When is that next one? Um the weekend before uh Labor Day in Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to start paying more attention to that road race stuff. I, I usually stick to flat track and keep focused on some, some flat track, but, but uh, man, I got to keep up with Dallas too and, and watch his progressions. Our, you know, our, our goal is to always be to go dirt track, but since they allowed a 14 year old to get in the road race in the junior cup, we thought what better way to kind of prep him for a pro scene where you got qualifying, you know, two main events. It's we're calling it a national. You're going for a championship kind of getting acclimated to that. And then he has, he has took to it a little bit. I mean, he did get a, a third at Laguna. So he's, and Dale Cordelay is an excellent coach. He reminds me a lot of a Marlon Hart. He's hard on you. And, uh, but fair, you know, he's not just overbearing or anything, but he's, he's been there, done it. And, uh, he knows how to make a champion. The guy really interested me. I'd love to have him part of our dirt track program just cause he, he knows what to say and he knows the right questions to ask. He's, he's a good guy, but. Right on. Let's talk a little bit about Ride Organic. I know it's down there, you know, kind of by where you live. It's a it's a place where a lot of people go and train and ride. Um, tell me a little bit more about it because I'm I'm not real real sure what it is. Um, a few years back, a friend of mine, Terry Meyer, a really good friend of mine, he wanted to. We were talking about opening up some kind of motocross track. We were fortunate enough to get with uh, Larry Manns there in Alton, and he financed us a, a piece of ground. At the time, I 
quit my other jobs and was doing racing. So I didn't realize I'd had some retirement built up. I didn't need any extra money laying around because it just takes up space. So we, I got some <laughs> money together and so did he, you know, cause we hate money racing, right? we got to get rid of that stuff. So me and him put all our money together and got a down payment and opened this place up. And it's, we don't have races. It's just a training facility. But the greatest thing about it, Jeffrey's down there a lot training because um, he lives real close and him and Terry are tight. But um, is the attitude down there. Terry's down there. He works down there seven days a week, always trying to make the track the good for the kids, which doesn't always mean make it the best because you need a rough track sometimes. But it's just the attitude, you know. We're always positive down there. Just want people that want to work hard and train and uh, that want to get better. So, and that's kind of the people it's drawn in, you know, the other tracks where they prep it perfect and they have the five sessions all day and everybody wants to sit around and talk to their buddies. Those guys go to those places and the hardcore guys that are really wanting to get in the work, like the Bubba Follies and Jeffrey Carvers and, you know, like Chase Adoffs down there a lot, a um, lot of, a lot of local guys. Um, that's where they come to get in some good training. And, and I, I just can't stress it enough. That's what I love about it. It's just the attitude that, that Terry runs the place with. So right. we're not is able it... to get down there as much as we want, but um, man, it is a, it's a great place. It's a little piece of heaven. You go down a little dirt road with trees on both sides, like a tunnel and it opens up back there and nobody's back there. Nice little river runs through there. It's the dirt down there is real good. A lot of sand in it. And it's just a great place. So is it is it flat track only, or is there other you know, other forms of motorcycle stuff? No, we got a motocross track, um, a sand track, and a, uh, and a short track and TT track, and plus a little woods loop. Wow! How can people find out yeah. more about that? You know, what what's the best way to find out more about you know Ride Organic? Uh, um, Ride Organic on Facebook. Um, you can pretty much find out. That's where you post everything about the times and when it's pretty much open seven days a week. Um, unless there's rain and so yeah you can go right on facebook there and check it out that's cool man that's uh, good stuff right there because I, I you know i've been seeing that a little bit i know Z- zabala has been riding out there some and you said carver and, and yeah, chase sat off you know yeah sat off's an up-and-comer we gotta keep our eyes on but uh man that, that's a lot of good stuff right there a lot of good riders so it's it's time for graham's question and i know you know graham because we've been friends for 25 years and that's my grandma and yeah. graham wants to know as a father where would you rather see your son spend the majority of his professional career? Racing flat track, road racing, or do you want to see him in the NFL? <laughs> we want to go. We want to go dirt tracking. All right, good, yeah. good, because you know road race has taken a lot of our fast uh, flat trackers away from us. So it's good that uh, that Dallas and you want to stay in flat track. I love that answer. So and now it's time for our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I want you to tell me the first thing that comes out comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite track? Um, Peoria TT. Wow. I figured you're going to say the Springfield TT because you did so good. Everybody does. Yeah. But it's Peoria because it was so hard to figure out. And obviously I never made a national there, so I can't say like I figured it out, but, uh, I, I felt like I went good there, but yeah, the old Peoria TT for sure. The old Peoria TT jumping a road tax and landing hard on the backside of the jump, man. Whew, that oh, yeah. some hard yeah. landings is what I remember about that place. Um, I know. First time we were there, me and Chris Bruner, like he's he tells the story, you know, we're going up the face to jump and, and you hold it on a little past me and 
and you got me up that thing hot, and we're going up as fast as we ever can, and here comes Willie McCoy about, you know, felt like 30 mile an hour on both of us just sailing by. It's like, oh, man, we got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, it's a little deceiving, man. That The, the old jump was just like going straight up to, towards a wall, and, and, of course, your instinct is to back off and to watch, you know, watch Chris Carr back in the day on a Rotex hit that thing wide open was just incredible. So I love that answer. Yeah. That's a good one right there. So uh, what is your favorite motorcycle that you've ever ridden? Oh, XR750, without a doubt. For sure. That's the best answer right there. What is the uh, longest time you spent away from home in a van? Um, a month. Yeah. I mean, you know, old school, you know, a lot of these riders nowadays have these great big toter homes and, and uh, you know, some of them fly into the races, don't even spend time in a van. But, you know, when, when we were coming through, Nick, there's a lot of time in the van, you know, usually, you know, with your dad or somebody you race with. So good memories for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Tough one. This is the last one. It's a tough one. So besides Dallas, who are some of the up-and-coming racers you'd like to keep your eyes on, or that we should keep our eyes on, I should say? That is a tough one. Um, right now, there's a lot of good. I think the 250 class is, is really good. There's a lot of good up-and-comers. Um, obviously, Chase Sadoff is someone I've kept my eyes on because I've been helping him, and so and those guys are dear friends of mine, but there's no denying Tyler Scott's uh, talent. I mean, the kid's good on dirt and pavement, and he's got good backing behind him. But just that group with, like, Cody Cop, there's some kids from Ohio, some of the kids from California, Grand Holmes. Those, the 250 class excites me right now. Yep. So uh, I say I say those kids. And and then in, in kids like in our class, definitely Trent Lowe, Brandon Kitchener, two guys that are coming to mind that are really good. I'm excited to see what Trent does when he turns pro. That's yeah, a good family. Both those those names that you mentioned right there, actually all those names are, are kids that we all need to keep an eye on. So that's the next generation of you know American flat trackers. So it's going to be exciting. The future is looking bright for American flat track. Nick, we've been friends it for is. a really long time, and, and I know there's a lot of people that helped you get where you're at and helped Dallas in his career. But, you know, first, you know, this is the Nick Daniels interview. So I know you want to say thanks to some people that helped you get where you're at. Oh, for sure. You know, my mom and dad couldn't have done it without them. My mom for finally, she's always had my back. You know, every time I'm at the races, people asking how mom is. She's awesome. Marlon, Rachel Hart, James and Roy. Those are the guys that really took me in and taught me everything about race and how to race from how to race to how to pack the truck that with Riesel, when to speed and when not, you know, <laughs> um, Johnny Murphy. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but he, he's another guy I really dedicate to helping me make my nationals and just getting me on the level to be a GNC uh, main event guy. Really, really appreciate what Johnny did for me in that part of my life. Uh, Earl Hayden and the whole Hayden family just for helping me out through the years and, and allowing me to work for them. And, and Woody and Judy Kyle. Woody is, has been like a father to me and Judy, another mother that always took me in, and, and Woody's really helped elevate my game as a mechanic. So those are really the people that uh, got me where I'm at, and um, and I really appreciate all the help from all those guys. That's awesome stuff right there. I know Dallas has a slew of sponsors to take care of, but I know a lot of people have helped him out now, and, and congratulations to you and him for picking up the Estenson Racing Ride. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him on those bikes soon. Yes, we're very excited. I really appreciate what Tim and uh, 
and Tracy, Max, and Sammy are doing for us. That's a great family, and uh, they've already made us feel like family, and and we really look forward to a, a future with those people. I mean, I just cannot wait to get that started. Nick, thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you in just a few days. We'll be at the Peoria TT just right around the corner. Oh, yeah. Right on, brother. You take it easy. Thanks, Scotty. That was Nick Daniels right there, one of the mechanics that we need to know in the pit area of American Flat Track. Always good to catch up with Nick. We definitely appreciate him taking the time. I look forward to seeing what he and Dallas are able to do with Essence and Racing in 2019. I want to thank you all for listening as well. Be sure to hit that like button, follow our Facebook page, and tell your friends about the podcast. We've got some exciting guests lined up over the next few weeks. If you're a flat track or motorcycle fan in general, you're not going to want to miss these interviews. We're proud to have consistently published new episodes every Friday, 35 weeks in a row, and this is only the beginning. We've highlighted several amazing members of our flat track family, but there are several more we have yet to hear from. Please continue to send your feedback. We read and respond to everyone who reaches out and love hearing from our listeners. I'll talk to you all next week as we preview the Peoria TT.